The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast are those of the host slash guest and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of any of BXR entities and those they represent. What's going on, world? What's going on, world? It's me, your host, Nate. I am here today. It looks a little different, but I'm just in the conference room of my studio. Uh, and we're going to have a great show today. I have a very familiar guest. Um, if you saw the promotion for it, he has, he's the voice uh, <laughs> of the city, a great singer, um, music director, band leader, and just a nice guy. It's rare to meet nice guys lately, but he's a nice guy too. Uh, we'll be bringing him on a little shortly. Just a little bit of information. As I said, this month is dedicated to a play that I'll be in that'll be opening up on May the 20th. Uh, it's called The Gospel Truth. Uh, and I'll be in it. Uh, my guests today will be in it. And all the guests that we'll be interviewing for the month of April are also uh, individuals that will be in it. Uh, Tevin Campbell is his, I say Tevin Campbell, Tevin Brown is, is his name. He's laughing backstage, but uh, Tevin Brown uh, is my guest today. Um, he's going to talk a little bit about who he is, uh, his participation in this new project at Arena Players, what he's been up to, what he has going on, and we're going to throw some monkey wrenches in there just to get him stumbling. Um, but without further ado, um, I'm going to bring on Mr. Tevin Brown. Uh, and then we'll make the announcements at the end of the show. Um, this is, how you doing, sir? Can you hear me? I'm good, can you hear me? Oh, there we go. Uh, yes, I can hear you. Uh, first of all, let the people know who you are. Yes. Uh, who you um, yeah, so uh, my name is Tevin Brown. I'm 30 years old, I'm born and bred in Baltimore, Maryland. 30, wow. Yeah, old. I guess so. <laughs> You're older than me though, so, you know. Wow. Wow. You, I was I was congratulating you. Oh, thank you. I'm sorry. Well, I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm born in Baltimore. Um, I'm a music teacher, so I teach music um, for a grade six to twelve at Ace Academy Ooh. in mm. Hampton. Yeah. I'm gonna pray for you, sir. <laughs> yeah, and I'm, I'm also a minister of music at uh, Mount Hebron Baptist Church. I've been there for five years. And um, mm. you know, in addition to that, I just do gigs from time to time. I have a band that I play with. Um, and also do some solo work. Mm -hmm. so, really, whatever comes. <laughs> and uh, I first met Tevin. Well, I met you when you were really young, and you were at Arena Players. Um, I just I remember uh, coming into a class one time, and you all were practicing, um, and you all got a great start. So you were a youth theater uh, student at Arena Players. Uh, did you? If I'm not mistaken, did you go to school of the arts? Yep, I did. Okay, you went to the School of Arts as well. Um, what was what has life been since then? Or how how I'll say how was that training for you? Um, it was really good training. Mm -hmm. I think the way I see it, I kind of got like both sides of the training. So I went to BSA and I got you know classical voice training and got that mm -hmm. good foundation. Um, but I was able to kind of stay in touch with my roots through 
arena players. You know, we would do cultural work and, you know, sing songs that were not quite so classical. So I got to kind of experience both worlds. And I think that set me up really, really nicely because I went to Berkeley. I went um, up to Boston, go to Berkeley College of Music and after jazz school. So, you know, they do a lot of popular music and jazz music. So it was, you know, kind of like a, a full, well-rounded musical education, if you will. And that's, that's, uh, it's a great space to um, uh, kind of hone your talents when you're able to do community theater. And then being at, in the heart of the city at BSA, I'm sure was great. How do you feel about having uh, Roz Coffin at the head of that school now? I love it, man. I love it. Mm. As a matter of fact, um, so, I know Roz a little bit through BS, um, I'm sorry, through Arena Players, we have those mm -hmm. connections. But um, our BSA connection is, I actually taught there for two years. And okay. um, while I was there, she came in and she was working in the theater department. I think she mm -hmm. was the department the head. Head. The theater department. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We were doing Once on this Island, or they were doing Once on this Island, and they were looking for a musical director. And um, she ended up kind of trusting me with that. And that was mm -hmm. my first experience as a musical director. So, you know, we've got to... Real close relationship there. That's, I mean, but you have been, I mean, you've been in musicals and you've done mm -hmm. music outside in church and in and, and other bands. So it probably was an easy transition with all the other training that you had, or was it easy? Um, I don't, I don't want to say easy necessarily, but it was a smooth transition. I'll say it mm -hmm. like that. Um, and, you know, it was really, really nice to have that opportunity and to be able to kind of show that I could do that. And, mm -hmm. You know, that also put BSA in a different direction. I'll say the school is better now than it was when I was there. Not that it was bad, but they're like more diverse. They're doing, you know, different kinds of things. I'll and, say it for you. It's much blacker than what is ever. Yeah, been. exactly. I'll, I'll say it. I know you political, but I'll say <laughs> it. I'll say it. I, I, I love it. And I'm, I'm a lot of people that I know who went there. I'm asking them, how do they like the change? Because you see and you hear more of the students. They have a, a Black student union now. They're very much so active on Instagram. The students are. Even the pages that are set up for the school, you see more of the students and not just the, you know, the fundraising galas and stuff like that that they do. So I was curious as to how do you, would you have went, wanted to go there now versus when you went? Yeah. I definitely would. Um, like you said, there's like more opportunities. And I know as a student, when I was there, um, a lot of what we were talking about, we would talk to some of the staff members there about, hey, you need more diverse opportunities, you know, mm -hmm. the world is changing, blah, 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 blah. So it was nice, or it is nice to know that they heard us, you know, mm -hmm. and made some of those changes. So we'll have, uh, I'll have Roz on, uh, we're doing the podcast for Troy uh, on Monday uh, for the You Thought I Was Him project. So I'll have Roz on there. So I'll be able to pick up brain a little bit uh, in terms of what is going on there. And I know the, the, the Alumni Association is very active and getting more active uh, as well. Um, in terms of your stay at Arena Players, um, what were some of your highlights being a youth theater going coming into now you're a grown man uh, directing <laughs> play, well, musical directing plays there as well? Yeah, um, I got to tell the story of how I auditioned to get there. Mm -hmm. So I was 10 years old, and um, there was normally two youth theater groups, right? Just like the young and the older mm -hmm. kids. But when I got there, I think the older kids were going to Holland. This is like Josh Dixon and them. They were going mm -hmm. away. So then Troy the took them for a play or a festival mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. Yep, so it was just one group. Um, so I kind of like fake auditioned to get in, and I was in there for like one show. 
And then when Troyden <laughs> came back, um, I had to audition again for real. But I was so nervous. I got in the room with Troy and Mr. Chu and them, and I tried mm. to do one log, and I was just crying. It was sad. <laughs> but I made it through. I was stumbling. And sometimes, mm. you know. But, um, so, you know, I did that, and I guess they must have thought I was brave, and so they let me be in the big boys group instead of being with the little kids. I, I first interviewed you, I, I think you came on the show first, and then I got to interview you at Hotel RL where you performed. Um, and I, that, that performance is actually up on the page now. If you go to the Artist Exchange uh, group page or our radio show page, you'll see that uh, performance at Hotel RL where he did a, a great melody of songs and people didn't want him to leave, actually. Um, <laughs> probably me, uh, it was more so me uh, and everybody else that was listening. Um, I, I enjoy your performance because it's, it's rare that you get somebody who is just, you have a lot of different um, teachings behind you. So you have a really powerful voice. You're really talented. And I just like your song selection. You're not trying to sing everything that's hot right now. You have a real respect for um, what has been. So where did your taste and music start from? Um, I say from my grandmother, my okay. mom and my grandmother. So. But some of my two or two of my favorite genres are like soul um, and funk, like neo soul and then funk music. So mm -hmm. when I was young, I remember my grandmother had a CD. It was two sides of Sam Cooke. Okay. It was, you know, half of it was him singing gospel, the other half of him singing secular music. And so we would listen to that. And I love Sam Cooke because of that. And, you know, my mom loves like Funkadelic and Parliament and stuff like that. So I guess growing up around that kind of music, I really just enjoyed it. And... I want to perform that. And I also think it fits me best, you know, like, mm -hmm. I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not the kind of dude to be out here singing, take you down from Chris Brown. Like, that's not, <laughs> you know, it's not, it's not, it's not me. So, mm -hmm. you know, so you, you have a really healthy blend of music. Have you ever felt the need to choose a genre? Cause the industry often makes you need to choose or feel that you have to choose. Yeah. I mean, it's a struggle. I'd say to choose between like, the doing gospel and not thing. Or just picking one genre. You know, you, you have gospel, you got the more traditional R&B, you have the funk and soul, and they normally divide them, strongly divide them mm -hmm. against uh, artists in terms of being able to pick one or they make them kind of pick a, a lane and stick to it. Yeah, you're right. And that's it's definitely a struggle. Um, I think, you know, there's that thinking, there's that idea that like, you should stick to one thing and, you know, try to be the best you can in that one thing. Mm. But I've always kind of seen it differently. I feel like if you keep yourself open um, to different experiences and kind of open to different ways of presenting music, that kind of gives you more opportunities because, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. you know, let's say you were only doing one kind of thing, then they're only going to call you for one kind of thing. But, you know, if you're doing, if you're in different spaces, I think that's an advantage to you. Mm -hmm. How does that translate in terms of you being now a teacher in a classroom? How does that uh, influence how you teach your children or what you teach your students? Mm -hmm. And that's another space too, being in an education kind of mm -hmm. sphere. Because the kids, they don't even, they, they think I'm uncool. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they believe that I, I'm not that great. I'm not that- They about to start awesome. calling you onk, so be prepared for it. They do, yeah. I got a kid <laughs> call me Old Man Brown. <laughs> so, you know, it, it's cool, but it does kind of affect the way I teach as well because I just started a band this year at my school. Okay. Um, students that are, you know, I'm kind of tutoring in that way with learning instruments and 
you know, playing together. So I try my best to like tell them stories. I tell them stories about things that I've done in my experiences and kind of trying to relate that to what they're going through. Mm -hmm. So it definitely informs my teaching. That's for sure. But it, it makes a difference because some of those influences, the fact that we heard that music growing up, it kind of parts of it, if not all of it stuck with us. So we find ourselves now listening to that music, but it's all about this experiencing it and giving them kind of some exposure to it. And then when they hear it somewhere else, there's a frame of reference as to what it is and what they're listening to versus nobody exposing it to them. So they don't, because most of them, when you're doing those appreciation classes or music uh, theory classes, they don't have a clue. And it'd be somebody that you're like, you don't know who Taylor Bell is, you don't know who Aretha Franklin is, what's going they really on? Don't they know, only yeah. know the top five, uh, which is a detriment because music is so vast, even within the specific genres. Um, so speaking a little bit about your gospel side, what are your gospel inspirations in terms of artists you look to? Mm -hmm. um, I still I like, so I have an affinity for people who sing and play. Um, so mm. I kind of am partial to folks like that. People like an Aretha Franklin, um, a Smokey Norfolk who plays mm -hmm. and sings, James Cleveland, you know, those kinds of folks as well. Mm. So that, and then I love choir music. I'm, okay. I'm like an old school guy. You know, I play at a Baptist church, so I love, <laughs> you know, good choir songs. Okay, okay. That That's, uh, I, I love choir songs, but I always like to do as I'm really fond of people who can play uh, and um, sing at the same time. I think that's a remarkable talent that most people can tap into, um, like yourself. Uh, but I, I do have an affinity. I'm looking forward to the versus battle that's about to come up between B.B. Uh, Winans, C.C. Winans, and then Mary Murray. Um, mm -hmm. I love those types of groups as well, where they kind of straddle the fence on gospel and R&B. Uh, but you clearly can see what their reference is. Um, who are the groups that you listen to on a, or individuals that you listen to? Are you talking about gospel or mm -hmm. outside gospel? Gospel, specifically so, gospel now. Um, let's see. I love the Clark Sisters. That's okay. what I listen to. Um, Summer Commission, that's like Fred Hammond and uh, Marva Sapp. And mm -hmm. That was a good group. Let's see. Does like Kirk Franklin, does that count as a group? Mm. I feel like no, maybe not. I think gospel. I think Kirk Franklin is a staple, so you gotta like Kirk Franklin because he's mm -hmm. introduced us to the Tambla Mans and such. Uh, yeah. But I'm still on the fence. I'm, I'm looking at him more of a as a music director or exactly. choir leader. I'm, I'm I understand where people come from, but um, I need to hear you sing, Kirk Franklin. I haven't heard you sing. You don't want to hear that. That's not. Good. He's not a singer. I, I was assumed he was a singer. Oh, okay. he's, he's not a very good singer now. <laughs> oh, you know what? How about the Walls Group? You know about the Walls Group? Yeah. Uh, so those are some of the newer singers. I'm I'm starting to tap more into them. Um, mm -hmm. I'm still stuck. What I love about gospel music one is that uh, I'm still listening to Alabaster Box by CC Winans. So it that's in my head, and that's something I go to. But I'm learning more about the Walls Group, a phenomenal group of siblings uh, that are phenomenally talented. And it's crazy to have that much talent in in a sibling group, uh, but it's it's not uncalled, you know, it's not unheard of. Uh, but I'm starting to listen more to the the newer 
uh, gospel music that's out as well. It's it's really good. I like the blend. I like how, you know, and I, that started with Murray Murray for me because that was the first gospel song I ever heard in the club. So it was mm-hmm. a little different, uh, but I understand what, why it was needed in that space. So um, outside of music, what other uh, talents do you possess? Uh, let's see. I'm a good debater. Oh, I can debate really well. I play video I don't games. See, see, you gotta. Be, I look at people who argue as a good debater, and I don't see you being an arguing type of person. Yeah, I'm not argumentative. I'm just like I'm the I'm the like Jedi mind trick guy. Mm-hmm. I get you thinking something completely different. You know. Did you do debate in school? Was that one of your? No, no, not formally. BSA didn't have no debate club. Oh, sorry. Um, Y'all had nothing. Y'all couldn't do sports. You couldn't have, (laughs) didn't have debate. What did y'all do in your free time? We would actually get together and we would play our own football games. Mm, Okay. Together and we would go to like a park that was kind of five minutes away. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, you know, pick up football, or we'll go to a court and play basketball. We so that was y'all past. I would, I would figure that would probably be y'all past. I'm doing the stuff that y'all didn't have access to uh, after yeah. school. In terms of your, so this new project that we're both in, um, the Gospel Truth. You, along with you having a strong musical tie, you also have done the acting side. Being in the youth theater, you had to do everything and know mm-hmm. how to do everything. Is that something that you want to try more of? Yeah, it is. It is. Um, I love the acting. I kind of miss it a little bit. So mm-hmm. I was in Dreamgirls too. That was fun. Um, I'm repping the ball in the Jack shirt. That was like okay. the first time I was on your show. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and when you first came on, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely fun to do, and it's something that I'm you know, always open to. Um, you know, I love acting and performing. That was kind of where I started, so. Mm-hmm. Mm. When when did you know you wanted this as a profession, though? Because it's one thing to play in church or play with your family here and there or, you know, even go to school for it. But when when did you decide this is my career path? Mm-hmm. I think it was when I, like, got accepted to BSA. So that's, mm. like, eighth grade. I'm going into ninth grade. What I knew, and I kind of remember thinking this or saying this in high school, was that, like, whatever I did, I wanted to have something to do with music. Right. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know what it was. I, at that time, I didn't know what I was going to do. I wanted to sing background for John Legend or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> like, whatever I wanted to do, I knew it had to have something to do with music. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's kind of the only thing that interests me, you know, the way where I want to do it forever. Right. It's, it could be a challenge trying to um, just, just to make that decision because, especially in, I've always seen you being a very serious, uh, in this art form. So I've never seen you goof off or like most of the, the artists, you know, I, I normally watch the kids when they, y'all were in youth theater and I would I would just see you, you just look serious. Like I'm not here to play with you all. I'm here to come perform. But most of the youth theater students were like that. Um, and I guess there's a difference when you, you're doing it on your own time versus I'm going to school for it. Um, in terms of, just the business side of it. Where are you with the business side of being an artist? Um, it's definitely hard. Mm-hmm. And with the pandemic, that changed a lot. Mm-hmm. So um, I used to travel back and forth to Boston a lot because I was doing weddings, mm-hmm. weddings, and you know, events and things like that. But with the pandemic, that really shut a lot of that down. Mm-hmm. So, so how did you get creative? Yeah. So it's. 
I'm glad that I was teaching because mm-hmm. had I not been teaching, I wouldn't have really had a salary. Yeah, you know? so yeah. yeah. Thankfully, I was able to do that and, and hold on to that job and do, you know. Teach. How did you survive virtually teaching? Because I, I think I've found a couple gray hairs. Uh, I don't have nothing up here, fun. but it was a couple down here. I did not enjoy it. It was, it was mm. weird, man. Just sitting there, you know, you got all these black screens because you know they want to turn the camera well, on. Well, the ceiling fan. I got a lot of ceiling fan shots. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or the forehead. You saw you right here. This is as much as you got right there. Right. <laughs> and like you spent 20, I spent like 20 minutes teaching, you know, explaining this thing real good. I got my slides. I played a video. And mm-hmm. then I release them for their work. And then I get somebody to come off me. Mr. Brown, what we doing? <laughs> Because they was muted, baby. They was right. They was they was eating honey nut Cheerios. It's and this nobody who's ever been a teacher before is difficult engaging in a classroom. When you're teaching an enrichment subject, it's very it it is very difficult because often a portion of the students don't want to do that at all, and they're being put into classes as extracurricular or uh, just a part of their curriculum. So it's difficult engaging in a classroom. When you have a screen as a barrier or the internet is the barrier, it was, I, I bless all of you all because I didn't go back this school year. Oh, okay. I couldn't do it. I needed a break because I could, it was, it was too much. I got tired of looking at ceiling fans and foreheads and like you said, blank screens. And uh, nobody was turning in work. <laughs> right. It's, it's not even complete, but as a, it's, I, I, I don't want to say being a regular teacher is easier, but when you're teaching an art, typically you do that for a living. So when people don't have the passion for what you have, it makes it a little bit difficult. For me, it was more difficult. Um, how have you found your way as an uh, art instructor or art educator? Um, I definitely feel that. Yeah, that's true. You know, getting kids to engage because there's a lot of people ask the question. My students will ask, you know, why do we need music? Like, why am I here? Mm. Um, which is crazy to think. But the one thing that's helped me is I'm using this program called Soundtrap. So Soundtrap is um, a beat making pro- program where basically they can uh, go in, they have their own, you know, school account and they can make professional sounding beats, you know. Um, mm. So they're creating things. They're kind of becoming their own producer. And they can share projects with other students. So, like, two people can work on the same thing at the same time. Mm-hmm. And that's been really engaging for them, you know. Oh, you, you're the cool teacher now. I wish I'd have had right. that when I was. Let me write that down. What is it called again? Soundtrap. 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 I'm actually write that one down. It's great. It free. makes it more engaging to them. And it's, mm-hmm. it's, I've had to learn how to. I, I couldn't teach the way my teachers were because my teachers were much older than I was. So I had to learn how to, what, what is it they want? So I, I had to teach myself based, the basics of being a rapper so I can go in there and connect. It is not a pretty picture, Tevin. I'm just going <laughs> to say to you, is a lot of me regurgitating rappers that I know and making their stuff uh, clean. But mm. it, you have to catch them on that level. We're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back here on the Artist Exchange Radio Show with Tevin the Great uh, when we return. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Yeah. 
ain't got it bumping. Hey. I can't hide, and you've been heavy on my mind. Baby, you're too damn fine. I'm gonna let me in one time. I thought if I, if I can get that back, then I, if I don't wait to make you mine. The West Wing is concerned that a black first lady is talking about race. Barack, politics is not for me. In public speaking? You know I don't love public speaking. When they go low, we go. What is your expert analysis? You didn't make health care personal. Can we quit? Apparently not. Damn. What's up? What's up? What's up? Welcome back to the Artist Exchange Radio Show with me, your host, Nate. And then we have Tevin Brown joining us, uh, returning. Uh, I appreciate everybody that continues to share out the show, support the show. I know Fridays around this time is a little difficult. So thank you to everybody who stops through and uh, pays us a little hello. Uh, So if you are live, if you want to be a guest on the show, Definitely hit me up at the Artist Exchange Radio Show at gmail.com. But also, if you need help marketing or branding or uh, promoting your business, we have some great uh, rates for advertising. You can hit us up at either the Artist Exchange Radio Show at gmail.com or beexposedradio.com, info at beexposedradio.com. Don't forget to check out our website at info, I mean, www.beexposedradio.com or beexposedmedia.com. Uh, with uh, you'll see a lot of new articles, music, uh, commercials, advertisements, all that jazz, all in one place. BeExposedRadio.com. Uh, but we're back here with an interview with the great Tevin Campbell. And I sent him a message during the uh break. He know I can't yeah. just let him get away with this, and he's doing a musical where he's singing in it. So we got to at least test it out a little bit, you know, see where he at. You know, he is 30 now. I want to see if he still got the got the chops. He might be a little rusty. <laughs> uh-uh, we're going to push through that. We go, we're not even going to claim that. No, no, no. But we, we, you don't have to do it now, but whenever you feel the spirit, just let it hit you. Just let it hit you. Gotcha. Let him use you. Let him use you. Um, so, I'm going to think of a gospel song. So speaking of gospel songs, we are we're doing the gospel truth. So this, the format of this play is we're interviewing, it's like a radio show. Uh, we're interviewing a number, a number of phenomenally talented uh, artists. We had Sermon on last week and we had the Sheilas uh, on the mom and daughter duo. Uh, phenomenal singers, two different types of singers. Tevin's coming in um, with that breath of fresh air uh, singing that he can do. Uh, what? What made you want to do this project, or why did you decide to do this project? Um, I thought it was a really interesting idea. I thought the concept was cool. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so that was a big part of why I wanted to do it. I thought it was really fun to see, instead of it being like a play, you know, people get this characters and you follow mm-hmm. them. It's more of like a review where, you know, mm. you do 10 minutes and you get to see like, you know, five or six artists within a night. Mm-hmm. Kind of cool to me. I thought that was fun. And it, it makes me, uh, when I first talked to Katrina Jones, who is the director of this piece, um, it, I'm a big fan of Tom Joyner. So he has the red velvet lounge. So it's going to have a bit of a, a gospel red velvet lounge type of feel. If you've never seen that, um, it, you can go to YouTube and find this type in red velvet lounge. And uh, unfortunately, Tom Joyner is, is not doing that show anymore, um, but it was a great space for up-and-coming artists, new artists, older artists to come on. And he had an actual, if you look at the uh, Tavis Smiley, uh, Ricky Smiley morning show, it's in the same studio space as his show used to be in, but he doesn't have performers coming in, but it was a great space. But this this play kind of reminded me of that. And it's forcing me to go back and listen to like older hymns and gospel music so I can get more in tune with the church talk. Uh, I've been at Bayside Baptist for the last two years, yeah. uh, so I got to get more in tune with my with my church lingo and and slang, uh, so to speak. Um, uh, have you thought about directing any plays? I don't know about directing a play. Um, I'm enjoying, you know, kind of musical direct musical mm-hmm. directing plays. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I want to stay in that space for a little bit longer, maybe later in my career when when I get fully gray. Uh, Don't wait that long. I'm telling you, that memory (laughs) is going going fast, sir. Uh, But in terms of uh, music direction, uh, any plays that you want to touch or uh, work with? You just did Pearly before the pandemic was out. You did Pearly and you would get low. And And you you were phenomenal. You made me feel very comfortable. Uh, cause music theater was never, I hated doing musical theater in high school, but you made it very, you was my best musical director. I'll say that. Oh, thank you. I'll say that. <laughs> he didn't judge you. <laughs> so any other plays you would like to touch or, or work, work with? Yeah, there's so many. Um, I want to do The Wiz. I think that would be mm. cool. I want to do Rent. Um, maybe like a black version of Rent. That'd be fun. Um, Once on this island was good. I think maybe another sort of Disney thing that like a Little Mermaid or something like that mm. would be cool. Um, maybe one of the like classical plays, something like a um, what am I thinking? Like a Les Mis. Um, you know that would be fun too. What's your favorite uh, musical? What's your favorite musical? Oof, so many to choose from. I, I have to go say you well, your top three so you don't get beat up by the musical theater. I know, right? <laughs> it, the Wiz, it's got to be The Wiz. Mm. Um, Not to be confused with The Wizard of Oz. Yes, like The, the Wiz, the Wiz. Black, the Quincy Jones, Michael mm-hmm. Jackson, Diana Ross. All amen, that. amen, amen. Uh-huh. That one, then I'm going to say rent number two. Okay. Um, number three. How about the Lion King, but the musical version? Okay. Not the movie okay. one, but like, you know, the one with the African music. Were you were you a fan of Beyonce rendition of it? When she did kind of the the soundtracks uh, to it? The soundtracks were pretty cool. Did you see the movie? Uh 
Well, the movie, well, Beyonce's movie? Yeah. Um, I thought it was interesting. I actually played it for a musical class, music class that I was teaching. Um, just, um, just to show a different version of it. It was easier to, than just showing a movie where they would have probably went to sleep. Um, but minus the whole Beyonce portion of it, I just like the visual of it versus mm -hmm. the, um, and it's not in comparison to the actual movie, but I just like the visual aspect of it. Anytime an artist can be that into it, it's, it's always a good thing for me. Yeah, true. How do you how do you like them touching the color purple again? Um, I think it could be good. It's some heavy singers in it. Yeah, that is true. Tamala so. Mann is in it. I believe, uh, well, Fantasia is playing Celie. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you got to see her on Broadway doing it, but she she is Celie for me. Her and Whoopi will go down in the history of being the Celies. Um, true. Uh, the young lady from Orange is the New Black plays Miss Sophia. Mm -hmm. I don't know who is playing. Um, uh, oh, uh, what's her name from um, Empire is playing Suge Avery. I'm a little nervous. Um, is it Taraji? Cookie, yeah. Taraji P. Henson is yeah. I'm a she, little nervous. You know what? She did good. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know if you saw Annie live. But... Oh, she was out. So I haven't seen that. People, yeah. She, people have said, yeah, okay. Was Halligan? Was Halligan? Mm -hmm. But yeah, she did good. She did. Okay. Was she good enough to do? You know, I, I feel a little sensitive about Color Purple. I know, right? I think the acting's going to come through. Okay. Okay. Um, and the voice, you know what? She did good. She really did. She surprised me on uh, the Little Girls. Little Girls. She did and good. And it's not, I, I'm, most people who know the Color Purple, they know the movie. And, and other people know the musical. So it's not, it's going to be kind of a, mashup of that where mm -hmm. it's definitely more acting than the broadway and definitely more singing than the the movie so it's it's kind of a, it's a different different um interpretation of it but i think after this they need to leave color purple just let it be just let it just let it rest just let yeah. it have its rest are you a fan of those live action musicals where they do the live musicals it's hit and miss for me um, it really is. Which I, one was a miss? Which one was a miss for you? It was the the Wiz Live I didn't like, mm. um, but Annie Live I did. Okay, so I haven't it, seen that one yet, but I'm gonna watch that one. It's it's hit or miss. I don't know. It, it's hard to do. Yeah, Hairspray yeah. was kind of like a uh, for me. Yeah, uh, I, I, I to felt like a High School Musical to me when they did Hairspray. Yeah, it did kind of feel like that. It has to have the right group of people because you have to. You have to be able to carry. I understand that them choosing live performers to do it, like the Murray J. Blige's, but it has to be very authentic to mm -hmm. that person and not just somebody who can belt or somebody who can, you know, do a duet or, you know, somebody who looks the part. You really have to, because live theater is, there's no, um, <laughs> there's no playing with that. It's whatever comes out is, is permanent. That's what it is. And most people think that because they can act, they can do theater, and that's not always the truth. That's true. Any any shows you got coming up outside of uh, the Gospel Truth that opens up on May the twentieth and runs through the 29th? Mm -hmm. uh, but beyond that, do you have any other shows coming up? Um, I do. So my band, the band that I play with, PYP, 
It's the Powell Younger Project. Um, we play at Riley's Oyster out in Demonium on mm. uh, April 30th. So that's going to be really fun. It's a Saturday night, 7 p.m. to 10, 30 p.m. Okay. Um, that's something we're looking forward to. You know? And I can't, I, I really want to go because I, uh, I love, uh, I love their food, but I would love yeah. to see you all perform. I don't think I've seen you perform with your band outside of uh, the Bowl and the Jack or your series with, uh, with Troy at the UB Blake's oh, yeah, Cabaret Company. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do, are you, so in terms of you, musicians in general are infamous, infamous for being in multiple bands at the same time. Are you that person? Do you have another group that you're about to start or? Um, I try not to do a lot of that, like playing in multiple bands, multiple groups. Mm-hmm. Right now I'm in two. That's only, only two. And he said only two. It's just the, the two. Right. There's, there's a little bit of crossover, but it's me and the bass player. We're in two different bands. So, so. How do y'all maintain? I just, I just, I'm amazed at that. I know it's different for other people, but you're being in, learning two sets of music or two different groups of music. How do you do that? And you play at church. So mm-hmm. that's a whole nother band you're in. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. Um, but it's not like we're doing something every weekend, you know? Okay. So, okay. okay. You have time, for example, the last thing we played, um, my band played something April 9th mm-hmm. at St. Paul's. So that was the last time we played. We're playing again on the 30th. So okay. that's okay. kind of busy-ish for us. like having. So two. you get to schedule, you know, around it. So it's not like it's competing with each other. Exactly, yeah. Okay. Is it, is it um, just going back to the pandemic uh, for a moment, outside of you having the teaching, were you able to do any of the live performances virtually or the virtual performances at all? Yeah, so um, I went live on Facebook twice, just at my piano, just like singing and playing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what was really fun, I was a part of, oh, I forgot the name of that place, La Familia. Okay, um, okay. They did like a Drew Hill versus Jodeci um, versus mm. like a live versus. So that was fun. We were inside of that, you know, place, you know, still kind of quarantined. Everybody had to be checked out. But, um, you know, we did that show inside of there and that was fun. It was during the pandemic. It was okay. all virtual, you know, streamed. So I know that- teaching was difficult, but did you get used to it at all? Or is that something that you want to maybe try or if you perfected it? No. No, it wasn't good. It's it just not. They, you know what, though? There's teachers who like it. There's a few teachers who do it really well, I guess. Well, I meant like on the performance side, the teaching side, I'm all for oh. No, 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 we're not doing that again. Even though that is, that will be the go-to. So in terms of snow days and stuff like that, I'm, I've heard through, you know, my sources that that will, that's eventually going to become the thing. So no more snow days, mm-hmm. no more. You know, if it's too hot in the school, the AC is out, well, virtual learning is the way it is going to be. But in terms of performing, do you think that that could be something that, because that seems to be a new medium now, uh, the live performances? Yeah, I agree. Um, so, you know, I'm in the early, early, early stages of planning my next um, solo show. And mm-hmm. I think the thing to do now is to have it, you know, both ways, basically have a small audience at the venue and then also mm-hmm. being able to stream it live. Yeah, and sell those tickets. Like, why not? Because I I did a couple myself, and I worked with Troy doing the Real Nigga Show, and I just realized you get to touch people around the world doing it that way. Possibly, um, you have the potential of really, you know, having a 
a more diverse audience and touching people, uh, especially on the playback of it. If it's not, um, if it's something that will live beyond that moment, um, people are capturing you from that would never know who you were. Um, so I, I like that. But uh, coming out of this pandemic, how has it been? You know, getting back to the performances. Mm, it's been good. It's been nice. Um, so, you know, we're playing at that Riley's Oyster place and things are slowly starting to open up. I just went and um, kind of scoped out a place that wants some solo piano okay. um, at their restaurant. So things are starting to open up and opportunities are starting to come back again. Oh, and yeah. that's good. So I'm just hoping that we stay this way, mm-hmm. to, you know, go backwards. Well, I mean, a couple of states have started to go back on their mandates because it's just something that we'll have to live through. Um, and if people stay safe versus, you know, I know a lot of spaces that I had to say no to that just wanted to go back to normal right off the, the jump. And we still have to be mindful and not as cautious, but just be more mindful of spacing and all those things. But I, I like the new platform of uh, the virtual world uh, as a, a main source or in addition to, because it just opens you up to so many new people seeing you so many new eyes on your, um, on your projects. Um, can I, uh, ask for the song? Like just a little, yeah. you know, you know, do a song. he act like he's never prepared, but he's old. <laughs> so <laughs> I got a little something for you. I'm going to sing something guys, because we are, we're, um, you know, we're here promoting gospel truth. So, um, here's one of my favorite hymns. Yes. Okay. Yes, him for the free domain. Go ahead. <laughs> Here we go. Why should I feel discouraged? And why should the shadows come? And why should my heart feel lonely and long for heaven and home when Jesus is my portion? A constant friend is he, his eye is on the sparrow, and I know that he watches over me. And oh, now man. I sing. So I get it, on. get it, keep going, keep going. Because keep going. I'm happy and I sing because I'm free. His eye is on the And I know that he watches over me. All right. That boy is good. That boy is good. Get that boy a, a Grammy right now. Come Let's on give now. It to him. 
So we're gonna take another quick commercial break. We'll be right back here on the Artist Exchange Artist Exchange Radio Show with none on other than Tevin Brown, not Tevin Campbell. I don't want to get them too confused. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Next person. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and so for this 10-year anniversary, what can we expect? The works, okay? When I say the works, like the works, I'm so excited. We got fantastic artists who are already signing up to Headline. Um, we have you who are coming. I'm so excited about having you back in our space, whether it's the event or the interview. I don't care. I just like seeing your face, like your face in the space. Okay, I don't know. Y'all don't understand. Having Nate like, in the back of the room, it just, it just does something extra for me. Because, like, he knows when I be on my bullshit and we just black eyes. He's like, girl, I seen that shit, too. I seen that shit, too. And it's so weird. I mean, I love the poetry, but I love the I love the people watching. And it's a very interesting room when these <laughs> You don't know what you're going to get for real. You just don't know. And I love it, though. And I love it, though, because guess what, though? You can't do, you can't have those quiet conversations with just anybody. You know what I'm saying? Those real conversations. But I'll be trying when you're not there. And other people be looking confused. They're like, I'm like, oh, my God. What are you talking about? Like, I know y'all just You just saw the unicorn walk across the floor. <laughs> but, but you have to understand. A lot of people do things that don't think that people see them, even in a crowded room. And I, I, I come to events just for those moments. Yes! Welcome back to the Artist Exchange Radio Show here live only on theexposedradio.com. We have the voice, Mr. Tevin Brown, joining us today. Um, we're talking a little bit about a show that we're both in, uh, The Gospel Truth, uh, that opens up on May the 20th. I need everybody to bring my birthday gifts as well, because my birthday is that weekend. So I need y'all to um, get in. And even though my weekend is the 27th through the 29th, but I need you to still come with a birthday gift for me. 
Um, that's what I'm saying. Uh, but uh, we have Tevin Brown here, and I, I need to know when is your video coming out? Because I gotta, I gotta fill up my time slots with some, some inspirational music. Uh, but when's, when's the album coming out, sir? Um, hopefully soon. So what I did, I challenged myself, um, and I'm writing a song each month. Mm, okay. So, you know, I've been kind of doing that, and the way I figure, you know, at the end of the year, I'll have some material, and can really start to process that. You know, so. I am planning it. I'm trying to get it together. Okay, I'm, I'm going to hold you to that. When it comes to December, I'm like, where's that? Sorry, we don't need a whole EP. We just need a little taste. Just give yeah. them a taste. Especially in today's world. Well, if it's going to be gospel, is it will it be gospel or just a mixture of all the genres that you love? Um, it's going to be a mixture. Okay. There may be one gospel song, but I'm definitely not going to make it all gospel. Um, that's okay. I want to be in different spaces. So there's going to be a few covers. There's going to be some original music on there, too. Mm. Um, so it's definitely being worked out. I, I hope my song, Born by the River. Uh, okay, yeah, I can work that out. That I, you know, I was searching for that video. I was editing that video down just to capture that portion. It was uh, uh, that interview we did at Hotel RL. It was, I really got to see you as the performer. I had seen you in stuff, but I had never seen you alone and in your own musical uh space so that was a great uh a great um moment for me because i was simply just an audience member at that point uh <laughs> once you started performing um in in terms of um right now i'm working with uh troy and one of the things that keeps coming up is mentorship um how important was mentorship to you and who were those individuals uh, that kind of has helped you along the way? Mm -hmm. um, mentorship is extremely important. You know, it's good to have people in your corner, good to have people who are gonna show you the ropes along the way. I'd say, you know, Troy Burton is certainly one of my mentors. Mm -hmm. um, he's a person that, you know, he was the person who I, whose group I was in, in the youth theater. So it goes back to, you know, me being mm -hmm. a kid and then also being able to work with him at the cabaret company. Um, working with him, you know, with, with uh, on the deck and, and doing some <laughs> other stuff. Uh, he's definitely, you know, continued to show me the ropes. He helped me put my first solo show together at UB Blake. Okay. Um, um, he's a good, been a good mentor to me. And I think now kind of flipping those roles around, I've become a mentor to a few of the students at my school. Mm. Mm. So there's a student. How, how important was that to show you so you knew who and what you were responsible for? Yeah, like you had to see how important it was mm -hmm. by first being mentored, right? Being the student in that situation mm -hmm. and then um, being able to, you know, carry what you learned and sort of pass that on to the next generation. And I think that's what it's all about. You know, that's something that right. as black people, we've always done. We've always carried down traditions and, um, you know, ways of living that we've had from grandmama and from her grandmama. So that's just kind mm -hmm. of something that we do. So it's good to continue to pass that forward. And being in the educational system, I'm sure you see a lot of students who are suffering because of the lack of mentorship. So their teachers do in many ways, um, I hate to say have to, but in many times we, we were forced to be mentors just to keep that child able to stay in our class and stay in school sometimes. But I, uh, there's a big gap in my generation, your generation, and definitely the generations behind us, uh, that that has to be something that's reintroduced. Um, 
to not only the academic system, but just the village and the community in general. Um, I think that is such a, a wasted uh, part of our culture that we, um, a lot of us did not have it. And then you have to learn stuff the hard way. Life is going to be hard enough on its own, but without mentorship, it really makes it harder. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you if you around any children or you're around any young people, um, just just a couple wise words. It may not stick to them in that moment, but it's a seed that you plant um, in them for future uh, experiences that they may have that somebody took that moment, even if it's just a one-on-one, one-time thing, uh, it makes a difference in a, uh, it sounds like a, a commercial that I'm doing right now, but it does, it, it makes a difference. Um, what, where do you think you would be if you didn't get that, that hands-on or that one-on-one uh, mentorship? I really don't know. I mean, I think it's everything, you know, people you meet mm-hmm. along the way. And what they're able to do for you, and I guess in turn, what you're able to do for them, mm. that's the whole name of the game. So, I mean, I think I would have had a totally different path, you know, had I not met the people that I met and not been exposed to the things I was exposed to. Mm. I'm not, I don't know. You mm. know, let's say had I gone to Morgan instead of going to Berkeley, or if I was at center stage instead of being at Arena Players, I, I really don't know what mm-hmm. would happen. And we've, we've both seen the variations of that. Um, and it doesn't, mentorship alone doesn't, doesn't do all of the work or even being in the right place at the right time, whatever that means. Um, but if you have the ability to, to, to touch the journey or be a part of the journey of someone at any age, I, I would strongly suggest that you take advantage of that. Because the blessings do come back to you, as you probably are seeing now, you're probably reaping some of those benefits because of how open you've been to teaching. As I said, I've had many musical directors, but many um, had a, a idea of who they wanted me to be in because I couldn't fulfill that. Um, it was more so, oh, well, we can't work with you anymore. But you doing it really uh, made me feel more comfortable in a space that I would not probably be like, oh, you know what, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna go backstage and that's where I'm gonna stay at. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, you, yeah. Uh, but I'm sure you can see the benefits right now of, uh, of that support given and receiving it. Um, being able to go back to a Troy Burton or to Arena Players or uh, a BSA and be able to get that same type of support and love in return. So um, yeah. That, that was just something I wanted to, to throw out there. But a couple other topics uh, that I wanted to throw out there. Now, I don't want you to give me your opinion unless you, you, you have one. Uh, but I'm talking from a perspective of being another Black man. As we look at a Will Smith or... I knew it! Uh, I mean, I knew well, it sir, I, I knew it. Radio. I mean, I knew it. Now. But, I, but I'm saying for me, it's not even about the incident that happened. I just see another black man being thrown away. Um, and it's so easy sometimes when we make a mistake, uh, you got to go, where we see others being able to be, you know, let's get them some therapy. Let's, you know, let's support them. Um, and how do you feel about how it's being handled by us, the community? Um, and, and, and maybe the powers that be as well. Yeah, I think you make great points. And um, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are letting Will Smith down. Let's call it what it is. They are. You mm-hmm. know, like Will Smith has been a wonderful addition to the community. Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. He's mm-hmm. been a stand-up guy, you mm-hmm. know, his whole career. 
Mm-hmm. And he's also been dragged in the media for the past two years because of this whole Actually, day. longer than that. I mean, yeah. this, that one incident has been for the last two years. But Exactly. So, you know, mm-hmm. he's he's gone through a lot. And that joke wasn't appropriate. And, hey, what happens, happens. Mm. But I think yeah. it's messed up when you see, like, you know, like you were saying, people throw him away. The Oscars banning him for 10 years and people trying to pull his content down. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I just don't get it. I mean, I really don't get it. Like, we haven't pulled Harvey Weinstein's content down. That doesn't, mm. you know what I mean? Like, we still didn't even pull R. Kelly's content down. Mm-hmm. That never happened. But, yeah. Yeah, I mean, what are we talking about? Are we talking, because you can have a harem of girls. But you can't slap somebody in the face for saying something mean about your wife. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, don't, I don't understand yeah. that. Yeah, and it is it's unfortunate to me because this is the age where he's just getting to his sweet spot and he's just getting his rhythm. And to yank everything and put him on ice for ten years could, I mean, fortunately, I don't think it's going to hurt him uh, tremendously. But it has to be a, a slap in the face to have had a squeaky clean image. And then, you know, and nobody thinks that he's perfect, but just to throw them away, it's just, it's something that I, and I've, I've tried my hardest not to really go in on it, on this platform, mm-hmm. but social media, I try to post something about him every day, or even uh, Kanye, I know we call him crazy and people want to discredit him, but I have a problem with us throwing us away and not, feeling a need to uh, not just save another black man, but step in the, the in-between, you know? And and I was I was thankful to have seen the show and saw a Tyler Perry and a Denzel step in there as elders and support him in that space because everybody else was just, they're so traumatized from a slap, but they see violence every day on TV. But that one slap traumatized them, but um, I'm trying not to be bitter but it, it just feels difficult. And being black men in the arts, it could very well so happen to us. One thing could, you know, somebody think Tevin looked at them wrong and now Tevin has a reputation that I know he doesn't have, but, you know, uh, that's all it takes is one public opinion. And, and that's a scary world to live in. How do you deal with social media for those reasons alone? Um, I, try to, I try not to post as much. And mm. Facebook is crazy too, because you'll end up in Facebook arguments and all kinds of crazy stuff. <laughs> it's easy. It's just that easy. Uh-huh. It's that easy. Just a simple oh. response to, to or post. It's true. Be taken I reposted wrong something. I posted something. I reposted something somebody else has said. And mm. that became a problem. Not so, Tevin. Yeah. I don't want to see Tevin out here slapping people. I just I, <laughs> that's gonna mess my world up. That's gonna that's gonna mess some stuff up for me. I don't want to see that happening. Um and I and I have not physically said congratulations because we haven't seen each other since uh, March of 2020. Uh, but congratulations on your marriage. Um, thank you. Thank how you. has it been? Oh. <laughs> how has it been? Um, it's been great. It's been really, really good. Mm-hmm. You know, getting to enjoy that. And yeah, we're, we're doing the whole, you know, being married and, and enjoying being married before kids. Because mm. you got married during the pandemic, actually. Yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. We had to actually push our wedding back. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we had one date and then the pandemic happened, so we had to push mm-hmm. it back. Yep. I didn't realize how, and until I talked to Tracy and Troy, I didn't realize how close it was. Because it just, everything just happened at one time. And literally everything for me creatively just 
all my work is creative. So everything got shut down. But I I remember you planning it during the show, but I, I didn't know how that had turned out. But I see the happy pictures, y'all, y'all <laughs> jumps the room and such. But I'm glad that you got to enjoy it. Um, and I know it was still restricted. It's, it's probably in some spaces, but um, it was great. It's great to hear that you enjoyed it and it went off. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and maybe y'all can do something big once this is all done and, and over with. Uh, but congratulations, nevertheless. All right, uh, thank you. Uh, but um, yeah, so social media is definitely, uh, it plays a part in business. Uh, and it feels like this is, we have to do it. But, and, and like you said, you can still restrict your access and you can restrict the things that you talk about. Um, uh, and that, so that goes back to the question in terms of the business side. How have you learned about business and what about being an artist business is, are you still working with or is still things that you need to learn or, or do you have a healthy grasp on it so far? Um, I think there's always things to learn and I definitely have mm-hmm. you know, a lot that I'm gonna explore or get into. Mm-hmm. But one of the things I know I've learned is that you are your brand, right? Like, mm. or, or that even even if you don't think you are, you're you're a brand. Like you're there. Mm-hmm. You're so you're a certain personality. Whatever it is that you mm-hmm. bring, you know, yep. like you exist as a product or as a commodity, and people hire you. They're hiring that version of you. Mm. you know? So um, I've learned to kind of be mindful of that and just cultivate my image. Mm-hmm. I think uh, places I can grow is in the like marketing side of things. Like for me, I'm still social media is a chore. Mm-hmm. I do it, so I, I could do better with that. And it's forever changing though. So what what we got used to didn't change, and then mm-hmm. it changed because of the pandemic. Now it's changing because we are trying to ease out of it. So it's forever changing. Yeah, and now I gotta learn how to do this. Oh no. Right, like, why, why, why? You, don't, you don't have to, though. I'm, I'm telling you, you don't. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I just, I don't know. Kevin, do I'll, I'll, I'll do it. Go ahead. Go for it. Go for it. <laughs> I'm going to be supportive. If you want to jump a table, go ahead and jump that thing. But people don't realize. I, I just took a, a, a workshop with a friend. And we were sitting there and they were basically telling us that we have to start doing stuff like this. And I was like, sir, I'll be 40 next year. I don't really, uh, <laughs> I don't think that's going to be possible. I don't think, uh, mm-mm, mm-mm. I, I logged on to it. And the same reason that I'm just getting really good at Instagram is because when I first logged on that, it was a bunch of people that was under 18. And I was like, nope, not the area for me. Let's get out of here. Boop, boop. Mm-hmm. But I, I get it. But I am learning one through this ordeal that I see Will and Jada go through in terms of them using social media for their benefit and using it to tell your story. But I just think I don't have to do everything. I don't have to. I'm still not. I'm still not on Twitter because it's. It's. I. I got too much to say, so I. I don't have that much space, and I, I'm. I'm learning how to navigate those things if I need to, but. Um, yeah, I won't be doing the bunny hop or the squishy or whatever you call the new dances. I, I just, I think that's for them. I think that's that's necessary for them. And I, I think you're too talented, sir. You don't, you know, it's, it's like Whitney, Whitney Houston had to dance. She tried because she was competing with the, the Janets of them all. But she don't, she didn't need, she could have just stood there and sit down and rested her nerves on a chair and sang. That's true. That's what, that's what I see you, sir. As long as you keep your shape up sharp. 
good. I think I think you good. I think you good. You could sing on there. You could sing, but I don't want to see Tevin doing the the latest crazy dance. It, it'll be funny. It will be. <laughs> but I don't think I don't think um maybe I it's just me. Maybe I'm I've settled into okay, Nate 40 is coming. So you can limit, you can restrict the things that you you want to do. Yeah. Um in, in terms of so you we we know you have a couple shows coming up. I'm definitely gonna be there on the 30th. <clears throat> you have this show opening up on the 20th. Um, let people know how they can find you. What what social media is looking like for you? Where can they contact you or send some food stamps? You know, anything. Mm-hmm. Anything. Yeah. Um, so my Instagram is right down there. Mm-hmm. Preach, I preach to the choir. It's right below you. Yeah, it's coming right down. You. Um, mm-hmm. So you can hit me up on I preach to the choir. That's my Instagram. Um, Facebook is Stephen Brown. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm available. My cash app is also I preach to the choir. If you want to okay, donate to a brother's soul, hallelujah. He get that. Um, he, he get this. See, that's what I need you to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pull up on me on Sunday morning. Bless the Lord. Uh, how would how would someone book you for an event? Um, reach out to me via in- Instagram or social media. Um, you can also reach out to me via email. My email mm-hmm. is long though, <laughs> so you, know, you can do that. Um, you know, any way you want to contact me. Okay. So I'll if you send me those things, I'll put it out with this with this video. Um, because okay. it's always important that we um, uh, I, that we just learn how to support each other. And coming from Baltimore, it's a it's a must. Because we have a bunch of clicks all over the place, and it's really important that we just get the word out there. You know, this is what this man is doing. He's talented. He's a good person. Uh, but you got to get business done as well. So getting that information out there is necessary. Um, mm-hmm. My last topic that I wanted to bring up to you in terms of how do you balance your work life with not necessarily your private life, but just your self care. How are you mm-hmm. keeping yourself balanced in life? Um, it's not easy, but I think um, just like taking time to intentionally, I like sitting around and doing nothing. I like like mm. actively doing nothing. So that's sleep what is such a good making. thing. I tell you, sleep is it's starting to become like another another thing to do in a day. Like, did you sleep today? Right. Go to sleep. Go to sleep for a second. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, and just like um, being more intentional with my time. So what I've been starting to do now is have like an hour, pick an hour in a day and have that be like the hour where you're most productive, have like a productivity hour. Mm. Is that morning or night for you? It's normally evening, like early evening, maybe five to six or something like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. How do, but how do you balance that? Because sometimes I know a lot of creatives are most creative at like 2 a.m. And mm. I had to, the pandemic, I didn't, I didn't even know what, if it wasn't for daylight, I wouldn't know which end was up. Uh, yeah. because I, my sleep patterns got so off whack because so much stuff was happening in these little screens and you didn't want to miss anything. Um, but how do you, you know, how do you keep yourself from working outside of the time? Mm-hmm. A lot of for you in the 24 hours. <laughs> yeah. Um, you just got to stop sometimes and it's mm-hmm. hard. That's the thing about the productivity hour that's been helpful because like, you know, the stuff that you wanted to do and it doesn't matter what you work on. You know, I could work on school stuff. I could work on personal mm-hmm. stuff. Whatever it is that I got to do, you know, instead of waiting until it's late or trying to procrastinate about it, I do it, you know, during that productivity hour. 
So you so you try to cram everything you want to do creative or you just set moments to work on music today or mm-hmm. an album that's coming out soon. <laughs> you just more well, like that, them. like whatever, you know, whatever the most pressing thing is of that day. OK, OK. You know, so okay. Like I say, you know, today it's music and tomorrow I got to send a contract to somebody because they want me to play at their wedding or something. So I oh, OK. Because you, know, you still got lesson planning to do, you got rehearsals, mm-hmm. two different bands and church. So it's 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 easy for us to fill up the schedule creatively, or even I find myself getting to the things, but then creating stuff as I go along. Like as you're going throughout the day, another idea popping in your mind. How do you make moments for those things? Just no. the creativity in general. Gotta put it on your phone. I do notes and voice recordings and stuff like that. Trying mm. to remember stuff and write things down. I write a bunch of notes in my phone. Cause that thirty ain't nothing to joke with. Cause thirty is when the the gaps start happening. You don't feel it right uh-huh. now, but it's it's gonna start. You're like, I could have swore. What did I come in this room for? Mm-hmm. I hate it. I'll, I'll be upstairs right now. Go downstairs. I'll be intending to do something, but by mm-hmm. the time I get downstairs, I don't know what it was. And I'm like, huh? <laughs> you crash out or something else. You end up just doing something random. You gotta go to your phone. Was like, okay, I suppose it took the trash out. Okay, let me take the trash out. That's it's a scary thing, but your mind can only hold but so much. But you true. gotta, you gotta, uh, you gotta do it. We have one more commercial break, and we're gonna ask uh, him to stay on for a second, and we go give him our last question for the day. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back here on the Artist Exchange Radio Show, only on BeExposedRadio.com. We can train and certify over ten thousand students in ten years. We can renovate over ten thousand houses in ten years. This is the Inner City Trade School Project, sponsored by Get With The Program. It's our time and it's our turn. I feel like once we address once we address the needs of the students, we can ensure that they'll be successful in the program. The, the, the main idea is to know the safety of the program. And black Lives Matter? Yes. yes. We're going to show you how much Black Lives Matter because we have a solution to the problem. This school will help change the mindset of our young black men. And that's what we're trying to do, bring pride back to our community. Substance use, pain management, um, mental health. So here at the inner city trade school, that's what we're uh, trying to build. That's what we're trying to create, an environment for our people to thrive. thing we um we spoke on too was um entrepreneurship mm-hmm. um type things and i'm already in that phase where i do want to like do something on my own yes please. and <laughs> that brings me into the next thing where that's in the next thing is short term like the business consultant thing that that's gonna be long term like i want to yeah. do that up until retirement like mm-hmm. i feel like i will take pride in that i will enjoy it and that will be something that i'll wake up in the morning and be like all right What's next? 
what challenge is next? Like, let's I love go. It. So, um, well, the short term thing is um, what I'm doing right now, my free time, um, and that I hope does become something, and then I can make it something. Um, is basically like content creation in uh, in the gaming world. Okay. So, like how this is, this is a live stream. Mm -hmm. Um, I do game live streams where I just like you can say it, I play games and just. Well, and you watch me. That's it. I love it. <laughs> Listen. It's, it's like that. Listen, I love it because I'm learning as, and I would admit, as a very ignorant person to anything techie, basically. Um, and I mean, to the bare minimum. Like, yo, I really should just have a flip phone or a beeper. Um, oh. Okay. Now, we don't have to have that look of disappointment, but moving on. Uh, <laughs> so, like, I... Uh, Welcome, welcome back. Uh, so this is our last uh, segment for the show. Um, and I have the awesome Tevin Brown. I don't know why Campbell wants to come out of my mouth. I just don't understand. I'm looking at you. But uh, we have Tevin Brown. We've been talking a little bit about his career, uh, his life as an artist, um, the latest project that we are both in, uh, The Gospel Truth, that opens up uh, May 22nd. Maybe, this is my problem. May 20th. Um, uh, at the, I have plans on the 22nd. That's what I said there. Uh, May 20th at Arena Playhouse. If you don't know where that is, go to uh, Facebook or their website at www.arenaplayers.org. Um, and you can get ticket information, um, and information, more information on this production directed by Katrina Jones. Um, and my favorite stage manager, well, my second favorite stage manager in the world, Miss Octavia. Uh, so definitely come on out. Um, it's a great time. But the last question that I typically ask to everyone is, what advice would you give to your 17-year-old self? And what question would you ask to your 100-year-old self? Now, we're not going to ask about lottery information. We're not <laughs> going to ask about tax things. We're going to just some sound structured advice and questions and not to really change anything, but just to, you know, soften that blow of life a little bit. bit. Um, well, I'm asking a hundred year old guy, why are you still here? <laughs> joking. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm I was tired. Joking. <laughs> be tired. You said I'm tired. No, I'm going to come back to that one. But um, <laughs> I think the advice I give to my 17 year old self is to do it afraid. A lot of people are starting to say that now, but um, mm. I think, a lot of, I'm 30 now, and so, you know, I spent a few years just, like, not wanting to put my best foot forward or not wanting to really step out there um, mm. because of fear. You know, I was scared to, of what people might think or mm. whatever the case is. So I would tell my 17-year-old self to just, you know, go do it. Right. If it doesn't scare you, it's, it's often not big enough. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So that's the advice I'd give. And then I think the question I'd ask to, like, the hundred year old is like, I guess something to like, what's the key to life? Or what's the one thing, you know, mm. you have to do in this life to be happy? Mm. Mm. Now, now the premise behind these, uh, this question and this, this advice, um, it typically tells you where you are right now. 
it, mm-hmm. it tells you are because you may be coming out of that do it and do it in fear or not doing it because of fear. And the other side is you have a you in a whole new part of your life. You're going into your 30s. You're married. You got real bills that you're paying now. Um, and and that idea of happiness is you know maintaining it. Not to say that anything is particularly wrong, but sometimes we get so engulfed in paying bills and being an adult that we forget what makes me happy. You know, and we put a lot into <laughs> we, put, we put a lot into. <laughs> I read the quiet. Sorry. Right. Exactly. We put a lot into you know all those things, and we forget. Oh, wait a minute! I got to keep some of this stuff for me. You know, uh, my model now is I fill up my my uh, teacup, and 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 everything that flows over into the saucer is what I have to give you, um, and that helps me to maintain my happiness and mm-hmm. learning how to say no. So um, is a is a great thing learning how to say no, when to say no, and when to say yes. Uh, it it will help you alleviate. Now, it's not going to make a lot of other people happy, but it's definitely going to make you happier uh, as an individual. Uh, but the, this is a, a meditation prompt that I do for myself. Sometimes I, I, well, most times I try to do it every day, but a lot of times I try to ask myself those questions. Uh, what advice would you give to the 17 and what question would you ask? I try to do it, especially when things are raging when everything is coming at you at one time, because it gives you a good indication of where you are. When you go to those two extremes, it tells you a lot about where you are in a moment. Questions that you may have, hesitations, fears, um, anxiety that you may be suffering from or going through or struggling with in that moment. So just randomly sometimes ask yourself those questions and you go get a different answer every time depending on where you are in life or what you're going through. Uh, but it has helped me to, in my 30s, maintain such a, a, a better balance in life because you're pouring out so much. You're a teacher, you're in a church, you, you're a musician. That's constantly giving of yourself um, creatively as well. Uh, but it gives you a lot of balance in terms of perspective where you are in that moment. So mm-hmm. use it. I'm telling you, it's going to save your life. Uh, you thought 30 was a humdinger? You about to feel it, sir. Yeah, I know, you right? Feel it. And you, but you, you do a lot of preparation. A lot of, I, I admire individuals like yourself because I just put myself in it. 20s, I was just rolling. And by the time I got to 30, 31, I was just tired. I wanted to sleep. <laughs> I took a lot of naps throughout my 30s because I was tired. Um, but I commend you for being so consistent with what you're doing and not feeling like you have to rush or you're in competition. I don't know if those things are really, but from the outside looking in, it doesn't appear that you feel like you're rushing or you're in heavy competition with other individuals. So if that's not the truth, get to that point. But I commend you for being so uh, focused and so uh, prepared. I, I look at you as a very prepared individual. So keep that going, sir. And Things are not going to be easy, but it's going to make it easier to deal with. Absolutely. For Any sure. last minute uh, amens that you want to give out or information uh, or questions or whatever, whatever you got well, on your heart. I want to shout you out for sure for uh, bringing me on, for bringing us all on. I know you got like a different person each week. So, you know, we appreciate that. You're curving out some time <laughs> in your show for us and, you know, promoting this thing. 
Um, thanks to all the people that was watching, you know, and mm-hmm. I appreciate it all. I appreciate all the support, um, all the good words, all the inspiration, and it's uh, it's gonna be good. And I'll <laughs> see you at rehearsal. See, oh uh, yeah, see you at rehearsal. See you at yeah, rehearsal. Next week, or next week. Next week, next week. This is Easter Sunday coming up, so happy exactly. Easter, everybody. Um, we have a number of things coming up in the next week. Come to 1734 Merlin Avenue, my illustrious uh, art space. We have a pop-up shop every weekend, every Saturday. Uh, but this Saturday, we have a special treat. Miss Tracy Jiggis will be doing many photo sessions. So if you want to get on your Easter clothes and take a pre-picture so you can post and be up on the game for Easter, if you want to take some professional headshots, for your portfolio, modeling, acting, so on and so forth. This is definitely the spot. We have 30 minute slots. Go to our page and go to the Artist Exchange page or my page on Instagram, Facebook, and get that link. Or you can go to Tracy's page. Um, also, we have an event coming up tonight. It's a sneaker fest. So I think they have a few tickets that you can have. There's no more VIP sections, but um, you can come on that. Shout out to the, the Peaks, Darian and Miss Latasha Peaks for throwing such an event, I'll be there. Uh, I'll be uh, getting your, validating your tickets. Uh, so come on out. Uh, thank you to everybody that continues to support. Thank you again, Tevin. And you know, you're always welcome. You don't have to be in anything with me to be able to come on the show. It just worked. That was a healthy surprise, a great surprise to know that you were on the roster. Shout out to uh, Katrina for setting that up. Um, and we'll see you. So get those tickets, arenaplayers.org. Get that. Yes, get sir. Yes, sir. And don't forget yeah. my, my birthday present. And bring him something. Right. Right. <laughs> Peace out, people. Good afternoon. Good night. Sleep tight. They so perfect.